This is Man Up. Uh, yeah, here we are. This is uh, the Man Up Podcast, and uh, this is podcast number 61. We're glad you're here. And hey, where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas, right outside of Houston. So if you grab a globe, spin it around, put your finger down, and if you're lucky, you're in Texas. Southeast corner is Houston, <clears throat> and on the southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. This is the Man Up Podcast, and what we are is we're a spiritual oasis for men. <clears throat> we're not pastors. We're just regular guys. But what we do is we care about the spiritual and the faith of individuals. And so what we do is we go through a lesson, and we're currently in the Connect 360, Character in the Crown. It's a lesson on 1 Samuel and talking about Samuel and Saul. But we have a panel discussion of guys. And when I introduce these guys, I not only introduce their professions, but also their hobbies. Because I know you out there as a man listening will identify with maybe one of us. And maybe, and, and sometimes when, when I listen to these podcasts, Sometimes I agree with one of the guys more, and then maybe a different one. So we want to we want to get away from the church answers. That's not what we're here. We're here to dig a little bit deeper, and we're glad you're here with us. You might have found us on iTunes. We're also on SoundCloud. We're on Facebook. Professor has put us on Twitter. Dude, we're just about everywhere. So if you have a question that you want to ask us, all you have to do is go to Man-Up on our Facebook page, post a comment there, and what we'll do is we'll go ahead and we will answer that question here in the next podcast. So I want to go ahead and introduce uh, this week's cast, and I'll go ahead and uh, I'll introduce them first, and then we'll go ahead and have them give a quick summary of the lesson. And because, hey, we're guys, and we're gonna, the great thing about Man Up, we let you cheat. If you can't stay for the whole podcast, we're going to give you the summary ahead of time. You're going to find us great, and hopefully you'll stay around too. Great bunch of panelists. And if you heard them, if you've listened to any of these other ones, you'll recognize these guys. A professional policy writer. That is Think Tank. Think Think Tank, okay? But he's also a professional gambler, so think Vegas. <laughs> Mr. Steve Titch is here with us. And <clears throat> you might think of him as a bit of a player. He probably was because he was in a band when he was young. But he decided to go ahead and go to law school, become respectable, and he's an attorney, and now he's a prosecutor. So he could get you out of trouble, or he could throw the book at you. Mr. Michael Cropper, we call him the judge. He's here. Hello, everyone. And we have, he's a professional trainer and an intellectual. So you have to step up your game when the professor is in town. And here he is. Mr. Robert Koshu is here. My name is Bill Cox. I'm just kind of a sales guy, but I'm also a writer and actor. And I'm really glad you're here because... I don't, I don't really <laughs> agree with this lesson, and if there's any of you out there, it's a little bit difficult for you, 
you will identify with me. And we're gonna go ahead and go around the room and uh, start with Mr. Steve Titch. A little summary about uh, the lesson and introduce yourself. Uh, hi, well, uh, yeah, I'm, as, as Bill said, with great brio. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just the way uh, I, I like it. Policy. Uh, policy writing and some and some poker playing on the side. Uh, well, this is we're, we're still going through the first book of Samuel and really covering uh, Saul, the first king of the of of Israel, kind of unified the twelve tribes under one king, and it's a troubling reign. And we've we've had some some trouble uh, throughout this study, and, and it looks like it's going to continue. But really, at heart, this uh, this particular um, portion of scripture, uh, chapter fifteen, First Samuel chapter fifteen, it deals with obedience and. <laughs> following orders and doing what the Lord asks. And um, this section has to do with, with warfare and such, and, and it certainly fits in the context of its time. We'll get to talk a little about that. But this is, this is where I also think Saul truly begins to diverge from the Lord. Um, he's been moving apart little, you know, bit by bit, little by little, as, as we've seen. Now it starts to literally, literally, as we'll see, come apart at the seams. Excellent, excellent. Michael Cropper. Uh, yes, Bill. Good to be here, folks, everyone. Uh, once again, we are looking at Samuel, the book of Samuel, who has been the leader for the Lord before uh, Saul is appointed king. Um, and looking back on the lessons, we realize that uh, Samuel is, in fact, God. first of all, God is a king prior to Saul. And Samuel is probably the leader of his army. Samuel is probably the leader of his army, if you could classify him as such, because he leads the people of Israel uh, against their enemies if they have any trouble. He also leads the uh, people. He judges them. He offers sacrifices to God for the people of Israel, atones for them. And then they choose and ask Samuel to turn around and get them a king. Which, uh, which, of course, now we're talking about Saul, who becomes a king. And uh, so essentially, God, is, uh, God is, has been thrown off to the side, and, and the people want a king. And, and as we talked about extensively last week, last week's lesson, you'll remember and you'll know that, that uh, Saul, in fact, is the first king, and he is, does not come from a kingly family. He has had no direction no teaching, no learning. He didn't go to college. Uh, he didn't go to any instruction on how to become a king. So we have been kind of, uh, we've not been too harsh on him. And Bill has expressed over and over, this is difficult to absorb that in fact Saul is going to get judged for some make, mistakes he makes that many of us probably would have done the same thing. I, I totally agree, totally agree. Professor? Yeah, it, uh, I'm kind of laughing because Steve has been Saul's apologist throughout. Right, <laughs> and now right, he's right. Flipping. <laughs> right. Uh, this is some friend. Yeah, I know, really. Yeah. You know, but this is one of those where, you know, I, I always take the leadership spin on it, and you know, we've talked a lot about lids in people's lives. Lid is just something you put on yourself that keeps you from moving forward, and now. Now we're starting to see he started out with a little fear. He had some impatience because he offered a sacrifice. And now we start seeing a little bit of impulsiveness, a little bit of denial, 
and he really kind of starts bringing it out. But but on one level, I'm like you because God commanded him to do X. Right. He went and did Y, and we'll talk about the X and the Y here later. Chromosomes. Yeah. Right. Not yet. Not yet. But that's coming. He's X Y. Yeah. Oh, you said it. I just walked. I I said it. But he he made probably what, in his mind, was a politically expedient, proper decision. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, of course, yeah, absolutely. Wanted. He and, 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 <laughs> so and I reversing this. I mean, what's right. stupid? I don't think it's <laughs> I, I, I don't know that and, and I'm going to get I'm going to go ahead and read the lesson. Yes. We're in 1 Samuel 15, but I just want to say that I can't think of another king that would not have done this even with the same instructions. So, and you probably want to know what those instructions are. I'm going to go ahead and read it at this time. This is 1 Samuel 15. Samuel said to Saul, I am the one the Lord sent to anoint you king over his people Israel. So listen now to the message from the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will punish the Amalekites for what they did to Israel when they waylaid them as they came up from Egypt. Now go attack the Amalekites and totally destroy everything that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death men and women children and infants cattle and sheep camels and donkeys so Saul summoned the men and mustered them at Telai too 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men from Judah Saul went to the city of Amalek and set an ambush in the in the ravine then he said to the Kenites go away leave the Amalekites so that I do not destroy you along with them For you showed kindness to all the Israelites when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites moved away from the Amalekites. Then Saul attacked the Amalekites all the way from Hevelah to Shur to east of Egypt. He took Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive, and all his people he totally destroyed with the sword. But Saul and the army spared Agag and the best of the sheep and cattle, the fat calves and lambs, everything that was good. These they were unwilling to destroy completely, but everything that was despised and weak, they totally destroyed. Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel. I am grieved that I have made Saul king because he has turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. Samuel was troubled, and he cried out to the Lord all that night. Early in the morning, Samuel got up and went to meet Saul, but he was told, Saul has gone to Carmel. There he has set up a monument in his own honor and has turned and gone down to Gilgal. When Samuel reached him, Saul said, The Lord bless you. I have carried out the Lord's instruction. But Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears? What is this lowing of cattle that I hear? Saul answered, "Uh, The soldiers brought them back. From the Amalekites, they spared the best of the sheep and the cattle to sacrifice to the Lord your God. But we totally destroyed the rest. Stop, Samuel said to Saul. Let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Tell me, Saul replied. Samuel said, although you were once small in your own eyes, 
Did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel, and he sent you on a mission saying, Go and completely destroy those wicked people, the Amalekites. Make war on them until you have wiped them out. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? But I did obey the Lord, Saul said. I went on the mission the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag, their king. The soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder, the best of what was devoted to God, in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. But Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. I violated the Lord's command and your instruction. I was afraid of the people, so I gave in to them. Now I beg you, forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel said to him, I will, no, I will not go back with you. You have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you as king over Israel. And Samuel turned to leave. Saul caught hold of the hem of his robe, and it tore. Samuel said to him, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to one of your neighbors, to one better than you. He who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind. Saul replied, I have sinned, but please honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel. Come back with me so that I may worship the Lord your God. So Samuel went back with Saul, and Saul worshipped the Lord. Then Samuel said, Bring me Agag, king of the Malachites. Agag came to him confidently, thinking, Surely the bitterness of death has passed. But Samuel said, As your sword has made women childless, so will your mother be childless among women. And Samuel put Agag to death before the Lord at Gilgal. Then Samuel left for Ramah, but Saul went up to his house in the Gilbeth of Saul. Until the day Samuel died, he did not go to see Saul again. Though Samuel mourned for him, and the Lord was grieved that he had made Saul king over Israel. I know that was a long one, but I think we got the flavor of it. Saul knew he messed up. Well, and, and for anybody that thinks God doesn't have a sense of humor or a sarcastic bent to him even, just listen to Samuel in this. Because Samuel comes up and he, and, he, and, he, and he immediately jumps into to Saul, who, who starts out with, I did everything God right. commanded me to do. Oh, is there a cow's lowing? What's the bleeding I hear? <laughs> because God's command was... That's the mystery, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> but, but God's command was clear, and, and we could talk about it from a 
cultural historical for a brief moment maybe that you know God's command was clear wipe everything yeah. out yeah but what's the difference between killing them there versus here that's what Saul saw right yes right? yes which is why can't yeah. I finish wiping them out well, here he, right? well and mm-hmm. yeah we'll get further into that go ahead well, I was gonna, no 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 I was actually gonna go ahead because I know there are cultural things here but there you have it that was that's what he was told to do. Yep. Yeah. And this, and I'm a little tougher than even I was in the last lesson. Um, he's not supposed to be a king like everybody else. No, right. He's not. Um, and even when we right. back went, we went back to the to the passage from Deuteronomy where. God wasn't happy about the idea about having a king, but he set down these rules. If you're going to be king, this is what you got to do. And you're really going to be an agent of the Lord, not, mm-hmm. not, and, not a king. And he, and, and you're saying, is, is acting, yes, he's doing maybe the political thing. He, he's, he's, he's acting mm-hmm. like a king. And I think he's also putting God in the box because mm-hmm. he, this was the common practice in warfare back then kill everybody, capture the king, you grab all their cattle and sheep, and you go and you slaughter them all in front of your people, have a great feast to show your power and your thing before your God, and then you bring out their king and you cut his ear off, cut his thumbs off, maybe shave half his beard, parade him around in a woman's dress maybe, but the idea right. was... Right, humiliate him, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. And... And God's command, and it goes back to the Exodus, to why they were commanded to kill the Amicalites. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's it's literally, he's putting God in the box of the Canaanite deities. This is what all the other kings yeah. do. Right. And, this is, and this, as you're saying, this is un, also unfinished business. Yes. Um, this was this was actually, this, the initial assignment was given to Joshua, yep. who left a few alive. And I'm not sure if it was deliberate or... If, just a few got away. You did, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they, but, but essentially, they, their descendants became the Philistines. Yep. And, and uh, the Philistines. And um, here, once again, the Amicalites were supposed to have been annihilated generations ago. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, here he's given the task of finishing that job, or at least. And he doesn't do it. He j- and that's. That's, I think, the essence of it. If we deconstruct it and, and, and even take some of the, 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 the cultural aspects away. Yeah. When the Lord, the Lord wants obedience, and he values that over going to church. Yes. <laughs> which, which is essentially what he's saying. I, you know, I really, I, Lord, I felt in my heart you wanting me to spend some time at the food shelter today, but I decided to play video games instead. And I really is has been nagging on me, but I'm coming to church and I'm singing in the choir. Right, and right. I, I know that's <laughs> right, what, and, right. and and yes, certainly the forgiveness is there, but it's not the substitute. Mm-hmm. And and here and and and, and I'll, that, that's I'll, a great the, analogy, by the way. Um, <laughs> I'll, that is. Um, and I'll give it and I'll and I'll finally give it to more and more because we we talk about being dads and all. You tell your son. <laughs> okay, Saturday, can you mow the lawn? And by mowing the lawn, I mean mowing the whole grass and trimming and edging. And, you know, he mows, but he, you know, he doesn't mows finish the, the job. He mows the front. He doesn't finish the job. Right. And uh, now, now, this is not a war, but, it's, but it, you are displeased by it. 
and it, and it's not going to make the, you you wanted the lawn mode. If he says, "Okay, yeah, but Dad, I I I cook dinner, <laughs> I, uh, I I I wash the car." Well, that's not what I asked you to do. Well, you okay. don't pay him till he finishes. <laughs> right, right. But that's a, that's a, that's another but good. If you pay him. Okay, I, you pay him. Yeah, no, that right. as as a guy with two kids, that's a great analogy. <laughs> yes, Mike. Oh yeah, yeah. The only thing I'm thinking, the whole relationship here is, and you say it over, we say it over and over again. In this case, and the author points this out, God is the king in this case, and Saul is really the commander of the army, mm-hmm. and Saul does not understand that relationship and he doesn't understand that perspective he's taking orders you don't screw up orders like you said God is really the king and he, he thinks I am the king I am the king I'm getting some instructions from Samuel here and he doesn't place God in the cracks and, and that's certainly implied because he sets up a monument yes right 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 yes. but, but here's, really the, here's, the, the, here's the thing yeah. okay it's only been a week since our last podcast okay mm-hmm. He was a a new king back then. Mm-hmm. He could only muster a few thousand people, okay, before. Now he's awesome, okay? Yeah. yeah. And he's got a ton of people under his control. You get the idea. He's had significant amount of success. So now he feels like he is a king. He knows what being a king is. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to rely on the Lord. And that's why he put up, just like the other kings, a monument to himself, just like the other kings did. Okay, mm-hmm. And instead of, he, he followed part of the order. He attacked the right people. He just didn't crush them the way he normally did or he 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 defeated them probably the way normal kings did of that time. Whereas if he would have followed what the Lord said, it may have set up Israel totally different because they would have said these people are untouchable. They they will kill you, man, women, and children. And you're shipping and, cows. And you're right. And they, they don't even want they don't even want your livestock. They're not gonna they will kill them too. And that would have set them up totally differently in the region compared so, so to the so other going kingdoms. The, you're going you're, the, you're, the Lord was also putting a sending a message out. Sending to a message maybe, if he would have if he would have followed it. Um maybe maybe that maybe so, but I, it sounds like the Amicalites were evil in the Lord's sight. This right. Was, yeah. This was a judgment. The, uh, it was, <laughs> but yes, it would have certainly, certainly um, Others reflected would have on, on It, it might have got the Philistines to be, start mm-hmm. behaving a little yeah. bit better at the time, too. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> and and the, I can, ab- I mean, with my agriculture background, I totally understand why. And... Of course, they're not going to keep the ones that are sick, the ones that are lame, the ones that have rickets. I mean, come on, you're not going to do that. And okay, you'll sacrifice a few of the nice ones. They kept the other ones, the best ones, for breeding stock. Think about that. That's that's money. That that is the bounty. That's the spoils, it, it of, war, spoils of war. Economic, agricultural. Mm-hmm. 
you know, okay. we're gonna we're gonna incre- we're gonna improve our livestock herds incrementally. Yep. With the with this stuff. So once I again, totally they don't see the livestock also is God's. Everything mm-hmm. is God's. Later on, we'll see the kings when they go out to battle, and mm-hmm. the Lord tells them. When you have victories, you can keep the spoils. But here he clearly says, none of this is yours. I really, the the end of the story, though, really reinforces how much Samuel obeyed God. Samuel is a prophet. He's not a warrior. And yet here he, he took the life of Agag. Oh, Cut him up, didn't he? Well, right in the, front. The, the Hebrew actually implies he he, cut, he quartered him. Yes. More parts. May have even offered him on the sacrifice. Yeah. The sacrifice. You never know but, what he did with him. I don't think it would have sacrificed. That would have been that would have been Gore. against the yeah. Well, that would, yeah. But but the but yeah the he quarter. You wonder. Though. It's it's kept in the translation a little. Yeah, tame, he little tame, yes. little tame, little tame, little tame in the translation. You didn't just cap him, I guess. <laughs> right, right, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, it wasn't a quick staff. He kind of, <laughs> yeah, and he he made sure that Saul witnessed this, mm-hmm. and it showed the difference between Samuel's obedience and Saul's obedience. Well, and you talk about a guy that had a bad day. Because I'm sure he's thinking, I've survived through now. Oh, God, I'm you're talking about gag. Oh, yeah. Hack off my thumb or something. But, you know. Maybe I'll have to wear a dress. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, but I'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure he came out walking oh. and he saw Samuel standing there with the sword. And I'll bet and, he knew and, it. I'll and, bet he knew him. And he knew who he was in a minute. Uh, and, and I'm sorry, I get the that. Old Testament picture of Samuel in my head at the long beard. He's not muscle. Yeah. Right, right, right. It's like John the Baptist. Yeah, Yeah, I would agree with that. But then over and over again, we hear it again. Uh, Saul looks at Samuel and says, forgive my sin and come worship with me. He doesn't say, ask Jehovah to forgive my sin. He looks at Samuel as if Samuel is the Mm -hmm. saint that will forgive his sin. So he, he still doesn't comprehend either that or he's just completely backslidden. Don't know what here. He's become full of himself that he doesn't even see who Samuel is. He doesn't have the relationship with the Lord. The Lord. He, he's going through the motions. Yeah, I, I, he, he's going to church <laughs> on Sundays. I, I, it's difficult to read things into it, but in the way it and the way it comes together, and you, you, might, you might be better, have, have more deeper insight into this, but it seems like at this point, Saul is mentally going through his excuse file. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saved, I, I, I didn't put the cattle this. I, I brought up the sacrifice, that didn't work. Okay, time to ask for forgiveness, right. and time to cast for right. forgiveness. I mean, it seems, it, he, that's he, what I come away with. He, he's doing something that a lot of leaders won't do. They won't own up to mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah absolutely, point, no question. They right. want to point out yeah. and find someone else to mm-hmm. blame, something else to blame, make it, hey, this is what happened, you know, and so I'm going to go through all this, and you know, I don't know, but it just happened that way, and 
Yeah, and, and it's one of those, and you're right, and it is kind of funny. He does kind of go through the excuse list, and then he lands. <laughs> and that done. doesn't work, so he tries it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. and, and what I, another yeah. minor version here that I thought was really interesting, I think we spent a moment talking about, is when the Lord says, I'm done with Saul. And that, that was really, you know, it. He, he came to Samuel and he said, I am grieved that I made Saul king because he turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. Samuel was troubled and he cried out to the Lord all night. And I think that says something else about Samuel's character here because Samuel, he doesn't just, okay, Lord, I'll go do some whatever else you want me to. He really takes a moment to talk about Samuel. I totally agree. We're going to dive deeper into this when we get to the second half. We are in Samuel 15. This is Man Up. We will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters or WMA Cox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. And welcome. This is the Man Up Podcast. We're in podcast number 61. We're in Connect 360 from the Baptist Way Press, Character in the Crown. We are discussing 1 Samuel uh, 15, and the lesson is obedience is better than sacrifice. We're talking about relationship between Saul and Samuel after Samuel didn't do or Saul didn't do exactly as the Lord had commanded in a battle against the Amalekites. So we're going ahead and we're discussing that and we have some uh, some questions that we're going to get to get some more uh, uh, thoughts on this. We're going to talk about, of course, the long-term consequences of disobedience. But I just really feel that Saul, at this point in time, his relationship is so strained with the Lord that the only way he feels that he could get back and be restored is to have Samuel on his side. And I really think it boils down to he is doing whatever he can to get to win Samuel over first before he even petitions the Lord. I think he realizes that. And and so in a way you gotta admire him. He's going the chain of command. You know. <laughs> you know? Uh because if he can't get through uh Samuel the Lord's not going to 
But I, I don't know, has he come to see Samuel at this point as simply more symbolic than anything? Just another yeah. constituent? If he's cool with it, then I know I'm supposed to be cool. Um, he's, in, maybe Samuel's just become a crutch as a substitute. A guy, Saul never really seems to pursue God. And I mean, of course, that's brought up in the contrast to David, who will be coming in shortly, the, 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 man, the kid after God's own heart. Um, is he just trying, is it, is Saul at a point where, oh, if it's okay with Samuel, it must be okay. If it's not okay with Samuel, well, it's not okay. I got to fix it. And and well, and and I'll be interesting. Is Saul, like you said, not like we've kind of talked about, going through the motions? And I'm curious, Mike, do you guys see that in court with defendants, where they're going to go through the motions? They, yeah, of course, judge, of course. I made, of course. I made a mistake, and of course, you know, of course, the, yes. the mistake they made was they got caught. That's right. Yeah, uh, right, right. It's not like they're they, they're not going to reform. It's like our children, yeah, right. So yeah. Do our children when we're raising them, they're young, right, right. And, and they they apologize because they're caught, not because they uh, felt anything uh, wrong, right, feel that it was wrong or anything. That's right. No, absolutely correct. I think one of the points, though, that a lot of people miss is this. Like our own lives, we don't know where we are in the wheel, what role we're playing, what the spoke in the wheel. If 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 Saul would have been great, then everybody would have had to have lived up to a great king. Okay, you know, follow the legend. Whereas, because Saul wasn't great, but he was the first. Each one could improve in a way. So, and he was the first one. So you had the growing pains with him. And I think that, I mean, that's part of it. And like Steve said, he's been soft on Saul. And, and I personally, he wasn't brought up as a king. He had some success over the years as a king. And for me, it's really hard to say that he totally blew it just because of this one thing. I so think I think the latest. <laughs> and I think it just escalates from here. I, I, I think this all starts back in hiding in the luggage, rushing the sacrifice, you know, that we looked at last week. Right. There's right. some other things that we see in between that lesson and this lesson that happened with the Philistines. Well, we, we, I, the essence of the, the the book, the title of the book is yeah. character and the crown, and and his character is the illustration. And we read this: the Lord is grieved that he had made Saul the king. And 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 kind of, I come down with you know some of the some of the people who asked legitimately: if God knew Saul was going to be such a screw-up, why did he make him king to begin with and and then go to all this trouble with David? Uh, but looking at it this way, if, if you want to take the doctrinal approach and say God doesn't make mistakes, you have to look and basically see tragedy in Saul. Because obviously God saw the potential there. And, and he didn't live up to it. And, and, and Saul and Saul. Failed to live up to it. That's. I right. mean, it's. He. 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 Yes. <laughs> he had. He had the talent, but never had the discipline. He, well, Saul thought, like a lot of leaders, that I became king. I'm the king. I get to do what I want. 
I'm the boss. Mm -hmm. I get to do what I want. And there's a difference between leadership that is given and leadership that is earned. Oh, no question Saul about it. Saul never mm -hmm. really earned right. the mm -hmm. leadership. Right. He, 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 and even if he earned the early parts of his leadership, he neglected to continue to earn it because all of a sudden he, he starts acting like a king and mm -hmm. not a lord-led king. He starts acting like the king. Right, right. And it's like uh, well, the Wiz was talking about, he's an army veteran in our class, and he was talking about going out in the field, and sometimes you have the brand new officers, and when they go off, the real leader takes over, which is the yep. first sergeant. It's always the sergeant. <laughs> yeah, 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 because it's the yeah, classic yeah, war movie. Yeah, yeah, and, that's, know, right. The young, that's right. The young lieutenant that knows nothing. Uh, knows nothing. He's in the charge. the old grizzled sergeant. The right. lieutenant goes off and, okay, men, here's what we're going to do. Here, here's, the re here, yeah. here's, the re here's the real <laughs> deal. And, and that's in corporations, too. That's very much in corporations. You know, there are leaders that get followed and because of who they are. And any leader that thinks they can move forward just on their title, that gets them started. Right. But if they fail to earn their leadership, then they can't move their company forward. I'm just... Toward, um, toward the end of the scriptures, right? mm -hmm. uh, again, we look uh, in, in number 30, which we've looked over and over again, uh, Paul's in, uh, pardon me, Saul's ending presentation to have... Samuel worship God with him is for the benefit of the people for appearance. I mean it's clearly there's where you're, you're he kind of sums it up himself and says come back with me so that I may worship the Lord your God. So Saul, Samuel went back with him with Saul and they worshiped the Lord and the, the purpose there is once again Honor me before the elders in verse 30. His whole attitude, right, is the to, people, right. Make to make me look good. Oh, absolutely. I think that's where the attitude cut him. Well, and I, I, I think it's another phrase in there. What's that? Worship, come honor me before the elders. Worship your God. Your God. Your God. I thought that was weird. Why are you saying your God? Why didn't you at least say our God? Yes. Yeah. Yours and mine. You know. He can't make the connection. No. He he literally Samuel is the Samuel is the magician in the court. Well, and here's the thing. And whether this is, and I got to believe that this is true, but Samuel in the first part really spelled it out for him I will punish the Amalekites and now attack them and totally destroy everything that belongs to them and then he goes and he listens do not spare them put to death men and women children and infants Not, I mean making no there's no room for air, right? Yeah. Cattle and sheep, camels and donkeys. I, I mean, that is, I mean, if they have cockroaches there, <laughs> those would be the only thing that are left. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. All right, maybe <laughs> he left out a few. Right, right. right. Yeah, anything of value. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Basically, yeah. Absolutely. And here's the thing. Saul summoned his men 
200,000 foot soldiers. So he has come a long way. He's gone from 3,000? He's gone from 3,000. And not only that, but he also got Judah, the southern tribe, to come along. Mm -hmm. Right. Judah Judah had always had this, we're the big tribe of Judah, leave us alone, we're going to do our own thing kind of life. And Mm -hmm. here it is, and it says, hey, he even got the 10,000 Judah coming mm-hmm. with but name. And he summoned them, and he told them. So he just, he did not lead his men. He told them what Samuel had said. And so his it's the quality of his leadership that's in question, too. It's not just obe- disobedience. It's the quality of his leadership. He gave the order, but he didn't follow up on his own order. He obviously, he did not believe it. Mm-hmm. He did not believe the order that he himself gave. So if we were looking for some type of example in our lives here, you know, we go to the scriptures, to obey is better than a sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. Uh, for rebellion is like the sin of divination, right? Yes. Uh, mediums, uh, <laughs> white witches, witches, whatever you call, rebellion. God calls this rebellion and through Samuel. Samuel says, what you did is rebellion. It's not just disobeying God. It's rebellion. It's like witchcraft. It's like divination. It is, I mean, he's just laying it on the line. And arrogance which remember, he yes, says yes. he built a statue to himself or whatever it was. Right. And arrogance is like awesome. the evil of idolatry. Yeah. Right. Boy, you talk about slam in four lines uh, there. Right. Um, Saul has, has just gotten hammered. So what I was going to throw out was, I, I, I guess it'd be like me. Lord, I'm going to serve you six and a half days this week. The other four hours or six, I want to myself for a little bit. You either give yourself completely to the Lord, right, with your heart. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you, you don't sin or you don't make mistakes and everything, but, but you give yourself completely to the Lord. You cannot take back a few hours for yourself to go out and do whatever you want to do. Uh, this is what I think Paul gets to in the New Testament. He, he, I mean, he, he, he reinterprets this for, you know, for a... For his generation, and which is which is a thousand years after this, uh, but it's the same. But thematically, you you look at the same thing. Um, the Lord, the, this whole sacrifice thing, and if you and of course, in Deuteronomy there are like all these rules for how to sacrifice, and there are different sacrifices. There's animal, there's off, there's sin offerings, there's drink offerings, all so and all sorts of rules with that. And it's very easy to get caught up in that. Oh, uh, that priest, you know, he left a little dirt on his pinky there, and now, oh, he's, oh, he's, he's going to be, no, he's that's in. Um, that's good boy. And to, now take this back to Paul and, and, and Paul's letters. That, that the Lord really wants obedience through relationship. Certainly corporate work, church is important, worship is important. But the rules, doing something for the sake of you know, doing some action that you think will please the Lord that is unrelated 
It's not to about anything the else. It's, it's not about the relationship. And, and yes, and yeah, that's and, what I'm trying um, to get at. Uh, yes, and that's and that's what I think a lot with with a lot with Galatians with that with that. Don't don't worry about the letter of the law. Worry about where yeah you your stand, where your heart is, where your heart that's is, right. and and uh, this is and, and it takes it takes Saul. I don't know how long this has been now, but he this is where he failed. Yeah, well, and he knew he, he knew. <laughs> He oh, knew he failed. Where he, yeah. he, he knew it. He And you're absolutely correct in what you said earlier. He was going through his excuse file because he knew. He knew he'd fail. And there was no restoration for him. Samuel had no use for him. Yeah. And he felt, ab- he, he felt abandoned. So This has been a great lesson. Uh, we're in Samuel. This is uh, character in the crown. I want to go around uh, and have the fellows one more time give a kind of summary uh, or takeaway that, that they get from this. And we'll go ahead and we'll, uh, since you're on your phone, Professor, I'll go ahead and uh, start, I'm start with you. I'm tweeting something because I like you're it. Tweet, you're tweeting. <laughs> tweeting. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Man, Twitter. Man dash up spiritual oasis will get you to us. Um, it's really, it, it, it's that last conversation we just had. It's from Galatians. It's really not about the rules we do with, what we do with God's rules. It's about our relationship with God yes. that, that ultimately matters. And that's where Saul failed. You know, and the consequences, boy, did they get crazy as it gets further down. Poor Saul. The tragedy... <laughs> multiplies as we move forward. And judge. Yes, uh, Saul Saul's heart was not right with God. No question about it. His relationship was not right with God. But folks, I want to encourage you and, and remind you that we all make mistakes uh, like Saul did in a way, but the, que- the question is whether or not you'll ask God to forgive you. You can turn back to God. You can make a big screw up with yourself but you can turn back to God and ask him to forgive you. I really believe that. And Saul in here still refused to ask God to forgive him, but rather Samuel, another person to forgive him. And I just want to encourage you, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes on him will not perish but have everlasting life. So the key there is a relationship, and the key is to ask God to forgive you when you do mess up or you do sin. Very good. Mr. Steve. It is, it is tragic because here at the end of this chapter we have the end of a relationship. Uh, uh, we read that Samuel and Samuel never sees Saul again after this. Uh, yeah. And we don't know exactly what their relationship was, but uh, it's, it's not done with any pleasure on either end. Uh, Samuel grieves that Saul is lost and this being this being the Old Testament it's it's it, there is a certain finality to this and yes Saul will continue but his his reign will go downhill fast from here uh, and um, as the sidebar points it's a, it's past the point of restoration and and that is that is tragic yeah it is tragic I, <clears throat> I and I think that <clears throat> faith is a discipline 
and just like any discipline or any muscle, it needs to be continually exercised to stay strong. Saul obviously didn't exercise his faith muscle, and probably for a while that I that I get this. And so not only did he fall out of favor, but there wasn't even the connection there. That's why he was asking Samuel to help him. Even so. a couple of years after he became king, remember, right. he made the sacrifice for Samuel instead of waiting. Instead of waiting. So he's been doing his whole reign. He's right. been impatient and he has not, not completely obeyed the direction he was given from Samuel and from the Lord, essentially. And I believe that when you get direction, if it is as clear as what it was to Saul through Samuel, you should make it a point to absolutely obey. My name is Bill Cox. This has been Man Up. Man Up, uh, podcast number 61. We are on SoundCloud. We're also on iTunes. That's probably where you got a hold of us. We're also on Facebook. And if you got Twitter, the professor uh, put a tweet in there also. So we encourage each and every one of you to get involved in a Bible-based church. Get in a men's-only adult Bible fellowship because you get to go deeper and have a relationship with men that share the joys and the common struggles that you will have. And just like here, it's not the church answers. It's what is on our heart. And that's why we're so glad you're here and we want you here next time. And if there isn't a man men's-only adult Bible fellowship there, start one. This is Man Up. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man Dash Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.